Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, December 20th. This is episode number 229. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod. Uh, you know, they're pretty much going according to plan. Um, the roller coaster ride continues, right? Yeah. You know, now, now it's yeah. not even from game to game, it's from quarter to quarter. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i happy with the result from Sunday's game, but <laughs> it was a challenging game to watch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a little, it was a little rough, but uh, but when the Browns come out on top, um, we'll take it, right? That's right, yeah. All right, let's bring our guest in, Jeff. What do you say? This is kind of like as close as we're going to get to a Christmas, you know, celebration episode. Yeah. Yeah. Next time we get together, it's going to be after Christmas. So, so uh, we're going to bring in Dan Hanrahan. You can follow him at D Hanrahan on Twitter. Um, Dan's joining us all the way from Texas. Dan, how are you tonight? I'm great. Thanks, Rod and Jeff. Great to be here as always. I I never get tired of talking about my Browns. Uh, again, I you know I moved here a long time ago, and the the, the great nation of texas but uh I've, I've never left my heart um it's always been in ohio i am a lifelong cleveland sports fan and i uh probably my favorite thing in the world to do is talk about browns love the Cavs, love the indians but browns are they're in my blood yeah excellent so dan i have to ask you before we start talking browns 
your Twitter profile says you're a writer. So tell me what you're writing right now. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm a, actually a create my, my, my job is a creative director for an internal advertising agency at a company called Gannett. Gannett is a company that owns, you may have, you, y'all probably know the USA today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, that, but, um, I work as a person who um, creates um, advertising campaigns for companies across the country. So it's basically like an ad agency. So that's where my writing comes into play. Um, I used to be, uh, I'm a creative director now, but I was a copywriter for most of my career um, in the advertising side. I, I actually graduated from Ohio University's EW Script School of Journalism. Huh. And okay, was a cool. writer for the Dallas Morning News for a while. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. during their three, I call it their quote unquote, their three peat when the Cowboys won three Super Bowls, uh, not in a row, but um, they won the three in a three or four, f- I think five years there when I was at the Morning News. And that was an exciting time to be there with that. And then I journeyed mm-hmm. down to Austin and raised a family here and been here ever since um, moved. But, uh, you know, obviously never left the Browns, but, but, uh, yeah, I love writing. I love communication. I love being on social media. I think it's a, something that I have to do for my job, uh, but also it's something I really enjoy. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, wasn't sure what you did. I wasn't sure if we talked about that last time or not. So, um, so I don't think cool, so. I think this cool to hear about this is, that. Yeah. I think this is, is a new part of it. I, uh, I enjoy reading and I enjoy writing and, you know, there's always things that I dabble in outside of work. Um, at one point in my life, I'd like to write a screenplay. I was been interested in that. Um, my, uh, I, I, here's an interesting little factoid. I have an identical twin brother in Dallas huh. tech who actually wrote a book, um, and published it. And, uh, I need to catch up to him because one of these days I'd love to do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have faith uh, in you. I'm sure you'll get that done, Dan. <laughs> my problem nice. is I, I don't have the attention span, but uh, a screenplay, I do have the attention span for. So maybe someday that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, we hope so. We hope so. So, uh, okay, guys, let's let's jump into Brown's talk. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm not drinking anything interesting tonight. Um, I actually had a... Um, uh, kind of the christmas get together tonight with uh the magazine that i write for um, back at uh, about five o'clock so gathered with those people i had a couple of beers there um but i'm not going to talk about those now so i'm drinking some water um if you guys have anything you want to talk about you can throw that out now if not we'll move on i i just have a so Yingling makes this new um, their their version of the next generation of light beer, and it's called Flight. So it's not bad. Um, you know Yingling's got some good brews, and this flight's not bad as far as light beer is concerned. It's not bad. So I've got okay. that kind of uh, in my right hand. Jeremy's a big Yingling fan. Yeah, he'll appreciate that. I, I think it's a Yinzer beer, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's not bad. 
It's not bad. And Dana, I appreciate you uh, taking part in the in the beverage segment. Um, even though I've kind of wept out on it tonight, but like I said, I I had I had a couple beers earlier, and and yeah, um, I wanted to try to have some composure while doing the show, so I thought it best that I just drank water at this stage. <laughs> well, I, I I wanted to honor Lightweight. you as a as a beer connoisseur and and craft beer aficionado thought i might um at least drag this plate beer with me in this venture we're having yeah <laughs> well i i had a uh, i think it's a country boys shotgun wedding and then i had my first fretboards fretboard brewery beer and i'm not sure which one that was because i didn't have the menu in my hand when i ordered it so i still have to look that one up and register <laughs> it on the on the uh on the app um yeah i'm on the untapped app so um so i'll get that in there and uh but both good but uh thanks dan and and let's um Hmm. let's get back to that game guys so uh we uh um we talked about a little bit earlier everybody knows what happened i mean browns won uh 20 to 17 and guys we usually talk about our predictions later in the game or, you know, later in the show. Okay. But I I know Jeff is just itching in his seat. Okay. Because (laughs) we got to get this out because um, Jeff and I are not right very often. Okay. On the predictions. Um, But Jeff predicted this game to be Browns winning 21, 17, and they won 20 to 17. So, so not only did he win, he 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 predicted the score almost exactly on this one. So I'm I think he's got to at least maybe get an extra point for that, probably, right, Jeff? Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll take whatever you're willing to give me, Rod. But um, I, I did whiff I did whiff on the Hickman interception. That was you know that was my oh. highlight of the game, but. Uh, the uh, Anthony Bell was the one that came down with the interception at the end of the game to win it for yeah. us. So I, I, I knew it was going to be one of the UDFA safeties. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> even write that part down. So yeah, I'm not worried about that. But yeah, that game went exactly the way I thought it would, Rod. I mean, I thought we would almost, you know, almost lose it for three quarters, and um, and then Joe Flacco would throw for 200 yards. And I had, I had no clue how we would get to 21-17 to be honest, but. Um, <laughs> I kind of felt like it was going to be close and, you know, it, it, it was about as close as a game can possibly be. It, it was, it was. And I mean, it really felt like uh, early in the game, like you know, the bears were kind of dominating this game, you know, with their defense. Um, it really yeah. felt like the, like the Browns really, um, I mean, I think as Browns fans, we probably knew better. But early on, it kind of felt like, man, uh, the the Browns don't really have a good shot at winning this game because they're going to have a hard time getting things going um, based on what's happening with that defense and based on the personnel the Browns have available to do it. And I'm talking mostly about the offensive line. Right. Well, Dan mentioned it in the warm-up that, you know, the the weather was off. you know, it was one of those kinds of games where, you know, you really didn't know 
where the ball was going to end up, who was going to put it on the ground, that kind of thing. And um, yeah. I, I just the, the three three things that, that really kind of stuck out to me about it was, uh, you know, there were 19 combined punts in that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 tells you how abysmal the offenses were. Um, you know how they scored a combined thirty-seven points is you know sort of miraculous. But you know um, the Bears really did it because of short fields. Again, I mean we we with three turnovers we gifted them fourteen points as you know has now become our operational standard week to week. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And and the one that really stuck out to me was uh, you know eighteen rushes for twenty-nine yards by the Browns offense. You know, in, in weather like that, you, and you can't run the football, and you, you've got to you've got to put your fortunes on you know the shoulder of Joe Flacco in the fourth quarter to be able to throw for two hundred yards to come back and win. Um, the, the inability of our of our offense to run the ball is is really becoming a problem. It's it's glaring. Yeah, I um, I wonder, you know, maybe maybe it's time to trot out Pierre Strong a little bit more, right? Um, I like him a lot. I think he's got potential. He runs real hard. He reminds me of a young Kareem. Um, you know, he's. I think he's got. When I was looking at the comparing him with Jerome Ford, which I like, I like Jerome Ford too. You know, Cincinnati guy, really hard runner too. But he seems to like to run east to west. When I just got it, drives me crazy. I want him just to hit a hole and go. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. four point one yards per carry. Pierre Strong, although he has a lot less carries, is a four point four yard per carry guy. Um, and I just maybe it's time for him to kind of take a little more reps and see what he can do. Um, I was the same way, um, Jeff, with with the game. Full disclosure, by the way. Don't don't hate me. I never do this. I never do this. But it was the third end of the third quarter. It's Christmas. I've got Christmas wrapping to do. I've got shopping to do. I got errands to run. I turned the game off because not because I didn't think we were going to win or lose either way, just because the way we were playing right. was was alarming to me. Hard to uh, watch. We are mm. we're, we were we're obviously our in, injuries are catching up to us. They're beating us on both lines. Um, it just didn't seem like anything was happening. Uh, I, you know, and so it didn't. I, it didn't so, feel like a game we were going to win at that point. It did not. It really did not. It, it did not. And and I thought, well, I've seen worse, um, but I've seen you know, but I felt it just wasn't happening. And 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 I, yeah. I was so happy to find out that we pulled that game out. And again, you know, in, in pre-show, we were talking about how the interesting thing about this team this year is we just seem to feel different. As Browns fans were used to a game like that, just it's not going to happen. This team um, did it. They made it happen. And even down to the Hail Mary when, you know, that was so close to being a touchdown for Chicago and it ended up being an interception from the Browns to end the game. We're used to seeing that being a catch. And, and there's just so many things this year that just hit different. And even with Joe Flacco, you know, him coming again off his mom's couch and throwing for 374 and two. Now the three interceptions, um, 
we need to clean that up. And, and, and it's pretty amazing that we're, we have the record that we have with all the, the uh, turnovers that we've created. We got to clean that up. Mm-hmm. If we can clean that up, we can, we can go far, but, but um, you know, one of those interceptions really wasn't on him. And that's the one that led to the pick six. I think that should have been caught. Um, but his play and a play of our kicker um, have meant a lot to, to what's happening with the turnaround in this team. But there also seems to be a belief in the locker room, you know, because you've heard Miles say it, you've heard other people say it, that uh, they're all, they all seem to be on the same page. And when yeah. a team does that and can turn things around and win a game like we won against Chicago, I get excited because I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Um, I was a child of the cardiac kids in the Bernie Kosar era. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was used to those teams being in every game. Now, yeah. sometimes it's crazy. It would require, you know, <laughs> a defibrillator to get through some of those games. <laughs> right. It's but, a lot like this year. Yeah. But you expected them to be different. And this is what this team feels like to me right now at this juncture is that there's something different about this team and the way they're playing and the way the locker room is and the, uh, the way our, our, you know, our backup are, are pulling it out. I mean, it's, you know, you hear about the next man up mentality and you hear that a lot, but this year it seems like that's really a thing. Like our backups are, are making incredible plays and, um, Mitchell on defense stepping up, um, you know, there's example after example of players on the Browns team who are not starters, who are just making it happen. And that's really encouraging that we have that. Um, I like our chances. Do I know how far we're going to go? I don't. Um, I'm going to take it like the coach says one game at a time. And see what happens. I but I but right. I really like. I think we probably need to get at least ten wins to to make the postseason. Um, I would love eleven. Uh, that would make me feel a lot better because I am a Browns fan after all. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, this team's got some magic to it. I think there's also yeah. a conspicuous lack of distractions for this team. Now the yeah. the injuries of of course our adversity, right? But we're overcoming the adversity and we're not encountering a bunch of self-inflicted distractions. You know, um, guys being team players, um, you know, not any real off the field stuff. Um, it feels like a unit to your point, Dan, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that there's, there's consistency in what guys are doing week to week. And, and, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before. I think it goes back to the sort of CEO approach that the head coach takes to every bit of work that this team does that, you know, it's it's do your job, stay focused, be accountable. And, you know, when when things get sideways, we can still go back to what we're good at and figure out how to make it happen. I think this game was a good example of that where. You know, in the fourth quarter, we were still close enough that if we just got back to doing what we're good at, 
um, and, and did enough to, you know, overcome the mistakes we made earlier in the game that we were going to be able to pull this game out. And there was a, a common belief that that could happen. And I think that's the difference between what we've seen, you know, this year and, and the prior years is that, 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 that belief just wasn't there before, you know, that once, once you got into the third quarter and, you know, Rod and I are texting back and forth and going, Jesus, you know, now, now I know why Joe Flacco was on his couch. Right. Um, <laughs> because, you know, the, the, the throws, I mean, to that point, um, you know, while he threw the ball 40 sometimes, um, everything was just late. Everything was to, to me, the pace was off. And, yeah. you know, he was threading the needle on everything, right? And it just felt yeah. like every time he went back to pass, I was holding my breath. You know, okay. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, who, which defender is he going to throw this one to, you know? Um, because it was just, it, the timing just wasn't there. And then finally that, that pass to Amari Cooper that he took for the touchdown. I mean, if you go back and look at that, that was a dime. I mean, that threaded the needle between three defenders that <laughs> crazy. I want to tell you, I mean, probably most quarterbacks wouldn't even attempt that throw because no. of the coverage. Right. Um, but he put it exactly where it had to be. And I think that started him, I think gaining some confidence. And from there, you know, he, he just got on a roll in the fourth quarter. So um, we needed that to, to overcome how ugly it was early. <laughs> It, it was ugly. Yeah. 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 Three three starts for Flacco. He's he's thrown the ball 44, 45, and 44 times in those three starts. <laughs> Crazy. That, that's a lot of throws. Yeah. Um, you know, may, maybe that's, you know, I don't know if that's the formula now or whatnot. It, it certainly is if, if the Browns can't run the football. That's what we're well, going we, to see. We but, said we were going to transition to a passing offense this year, Rod. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure that's this definitely is a passing offense. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, another thing I noticed is that he completed passes to 10 receivers, which is, yeah. I'm just guessing, probably something that nobody since Bernie Kosar has done. Um, right. Bernie used to complete passes to 18 different guys, it seemed like, in every game, but or however many possible players he could complete them to, you know. Right. Know. <laughs> 18 is probably a little high. Um, One of the things that, that, that struck me about Flacco's press conference today was him saying how everybody who's out there, the best guys he's ever played with, always made mistakes. But what the difference is, they didn't blink. They just lined up and made the next play happen. And so you watch him, and yeah. you're like, oh, he's not having a very good game. He's not thinking about that. He's, he, yeah. he's, he's thinking about how can I make this next throw happen? And they, they were asking him about that play with Cooper. And he said, well, I, look, I always know there's going to be a safety, you know, in the flat out there. Somewhere. So he, he, he's talking about how he knows how defenses are basically set up. And he said he just has to make that window, that throw in that window happen, and he did. And if you notice, if you look at that replay, he throws that ball before Cooper makes his cut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's significant to me because right. as much as I love DTR and I think he's got great potential, that's not something a rookie knows how to do yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that window in the NFL and that timing in the NFL is so fast and so small. So his experience is like, here's the throw I'm going to make. He goes outside the pocket, throws it through to Cooper. He catches that ball when he cuts. And the reason why he's able to make that sideline run is because of that pass and the way it's placed. Mm-hmm. And to me, I thought, yeah. well, I must have watched that play 10 times. Mm-hmm. Um, there are not many people in the NFL who can make that throw. And he had other throws, too. The one to Marquise Goodwin. Right. In, in stride, by the way, with a defender mm-hmm. on it. The, the, the other pass to Njoku. Um, but, yeah. There's something about a, a veteran like Flacco who can throw a guy open that I think is something we haven't seen in a long, long time. And one of the things that, that um, you know, we t- discussed earlier that I'll, I'll bring up again is if you look at Flacco's December, and you, Rod, you mentioned he threw for, you know, 77 passes. He's thrown seven TDs. Um, he has an 81% rating. He's got a 60% completion rate. You look at Lamar Jackson. In December, he's 56.7% completion rate, only four TDs as opposed to seven. And his rating is a little bit higher, but that's just because he's thrown less. So apples to apples, you got a guy coming off his mom's couch who's matching Lamar Jackson in December. Um, You know, we're facing a team in Houston who doesn't have a starting quarterback. They've got Case Keenum. We've got the Jets who don't do not have, um, uh, you know, Joe Namath. No, I mean uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers or Joe Namath. I think Joe Namath is also and, scratched and, for that game. And, and since he, <laughs> yeah, right. And since he has a good uh, backup too, um, very impressive what he's been doing in, in absence of Joe Burrow. But we, we do have the potential to win a couple of games here. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Browns might, I'm being optimistic as a fan, 11 and 6. I think that's a, that's a very conservative. We could run the table. I don't think we're going to win the division. I think Baltimore is on a roll. And I think they've got uh, a schedule that allows them to kind of, you know, win, win out. But, um, you know, if I'm if I'm the uh, and I, I'm 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 looking forward to the playoffs in a way where I know we've got Baltimore and KC. We all know that Miami. I'm thinking. Uh, don't count out Buffalo. I, I know they've got to run the table, but I'm thinking with their schedule and their last game, if that team sits their players, they could win that game easily. Uh, I'm thinking the Colts might pull it out too. Um, I would not want to play the Browns in the playoffs the way we've been playing. I, I wouldn't. Our defense is so good, even with the, all of the rash of injuries we've had. Um, and we haven't really talked about our defensive coordinator, Schwartz, coming in, and what a what an epiphany. <laughs> from the yeah. last couple of years on defense. Um, and, you know, if you've listened to his press conferences too, how his approach to just opening up the floodgates and letting these guys play. Look at what JOK has done, right? Mm-hmm. I always thought, well, like, okay, yeah. everybody said he's really fast. He's really talented. 
you know, second round pick, Notre Dame, highly coveted. He's got 84 tackles so far. Now, that's not don't compare him to Bobby Wagner, Wilcon Smith. That's not going to happen. But 60 of those are solo. Mm-hmm. Right? The guy is flying all over the he's got three and a half sacks, a fumble recovery, and an interception. He like I was looking at him like Nanjoku. I always thought that Njoku could have like a really great year. And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And now finally it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Same with AOK. Our our coaches are letting these guys play. Finally. It's so refreshing. Yeah. There. Yeah, I do have to give yeah. David and Joku props. I mean, for, for the second week in a row, he's had a career game. And, you know, we've, 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 we've had high expectations for him for a long time. And, and we're, we're finally seeing the kind of weapon that we always thought he could be. That, that yeah. catch, though, that touchdown, I, I keep replaying that, too. I'm like, how did he catch that ball? Right. It's, 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 it's magic. Like, how did he... Yeah actually hold on to that catch and put both of his feet in the end zone. Yeah. Um, I have uh, on, my, on my fantasy team this year, I managed to get lucky and draft a guy named Sam Laporta. Yeah. Sam is leading, like he's one of the top 10 ends in the league. He's got, in December, he has 16 catches, 219 yards, four TDs. Najoku? 18 catches, 212 yards, three TDs. He's right in line with one mm-hmm. of the best tight ends in the NFL this month. Yeah. He's there. Sam I Laporte mean, is a rookie, right? Yeah, he is a rookie. <laughs> and, and, and out of those four TDs, he had three TDs against the Denver last week. So that was kind of a fluky good game, but a fluky game. Denver is inconsistent, so... He had a great game against them, but, you know, I guess my point with David is he's right there with the top, you know, tight ends out there in the NFL over the last month and certainly over, you know, Taylor Swift um, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Mr. Mr. Swift. Mr. Taylor Swift. Mr. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Njoku, Njoku has 700, 740 receiving yards. He's on pace for 855, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's, you know, he's been, at the rate he's going these last couple games, he's, I mean, you got to feel like he's got a shot for 1,000 if he keeps putting these 100-yard games together. So, yeah. you know, anything could happen. And he's he's already passed his, his uh, career best in yardage mm-hmm. and catches. Yes. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, he, he deserves all the accolades this year. He's, mm-hmm. he's been playing, you know, he's, he's playing this, you know, outstanding football. I mean, he, he had 10 catches against the Bears. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the most catches he's had in a game is before, but. That's got to be close. That's got to be. I would think that's got to be a, uh, that's you know, gotta that's got to be, yeah. be a career best for him. I think I so. Think. Yeah. yeah. It's got to um, be up there. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I mentioned so, it last week about him, Rod, that, you know, the, that the way he's initiating contact, you know, and getting yards after the catch, um, you know, that, that that's big boy play. And 
Um, yeah. Dan mentioned it about JOK. You know, we've we're, we've kind of gotten used to seeing linebackers who you know come in and clean up and you know pick up tackles and assists that way. But um, you know, he's initiating mm. contact. JOK is, is yeah. aggressively initiating contact and and uh, taking plays to the other team um, versus reacting. So. That's what you like to see. You like to see that kind of aggressiveness from guys, and those are those are now two leaders in that category. Let's just mention Cedric Tillman because he had four catches, fifty-two mm-hmm. yards. It was mm-hmm. kind of a loud fifty-two yards for me. Um, yeah, he just uh, he. I think we're just kind of seeing his emergence. You know. Um, well, he's not afraid to go to the say, middle rod. Um, no, that that's for sure. Yeah. He's not afraid to do anything. He's not afraid. I, I thought, to, I thought on that yeah. one that got away from him. I think Dan mentioned it before that he, he, you know, he could have held on to it. But again, that was a pass that I thought Flacco was late on. That you know, he, he kind of hung Cedric yeah. out to dry on that one. That's fair. Um, yeah, it was a tough so, one. So, um, you know, yes, I, I I like the fact that he's a big-bodied guy and and you know, is, is able to get those, those tough yards for us across the middle. That's something we've been missing probably since Jarvis was here. Yeah. He, he yeah. like Joku, they, they both catch with their hands. And I love that, yeah. you know, with the, the yeah. whole Michael Irvin thing, which was funny last couple of weeks about catch with their body and that whole controversy. And it's all fun, but, but you know, he is a receiver where you have to have strong hands and clearly Njoku demonstrated that with his touchdown catch. But how yep. many times, Cedric Tillman catch a ball in traffic and just you know he's got everybody all over him and he just pulls it down. Very strong yeah. player. I love his potential. I think uh, mm-hmm. he has the you know he's got a bright future with the Browns. I always liked the draft pick. I thought he was really a, a wise pick um, for us and and probably pretty much a steal. And I'm glad he's getting reps. I, I, I think he could do even more. Um, another thing that I was really encouraged by was that play to Marcus Goodwin, because how many times have we thought, well, he's our speedster. He's going to stretch the field, but he hasn't. And then Flacco yeah. finds him in stride. I'm like, okay, let's do more of that. Let's find this guy, you know, let's stretch the field. Let's find him. Flacco, by the way, that pass was 52 yards in the air. Mm-hmm. Now, what shocked me about that, that pass to Goodwin was, Flacco made it look like a flea flicker. He made it look like he flicked the ball <laughs> 52 yards. I'm like, this guy yeah. actually has a really sneaky arm. You know, we talk about that a lot. Like DTR has a great arm and all that. Um, another thing that I think Flacco has that I, that I really had noticed was touch. Clearly, um, I love Absolutely. DTR. I think he's a great kid. I think he's got a lot of potential as a rookie. The only thing that I that I was frustrated with with him was not every pass has to be a fastball, right? It, it felt mm-hmm. like he rear back, yeah. And you know, it's Cleveland guy. Okay, it's thirty two degrees and it's raining outside. You don't need to throw a one hundred mile an hour out pass to your right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Give him a I mean, shot at catching the down. Lift up a thing, little huh? bit. Lit yeah, he definitely has to learn a little touch. Yeah, and Flacco seems to have that. He seems to have the wherewithal yeah. and right. when to float a ball and when to zip it in there and when to put it over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's refreshing. I hope I really hope DTR is noticing this. I hope he's 
kind of taking notes because yeah it, you know it, something i have to mention dan that i, I kind of was watching dtr as body language on the sideline and I, i'm not sure that that's the case i i, I think he hmm. might he might be a little bit um upset right now that you know he's riding a pine and and not starting for this team still lost his starting job um I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me looking at him. But when, when he came in on those those couple plays over the last couple of games to um, you know run something that wasn't in Flacco's playbook, um, you could just he was pumping his fist like, "See, I told you, I can still do it." You know, and um, I would really like mm-hmm. to see him, you know, be learning a little bit more at this point, so that you know next year he's a little bit more ready. I guess, to step in. Um, and I think that's kind of the negative mm-hmm. right now to, you know, Flacco doing what he's doing is that, you know, we're not getting him, we're not getting DTR that playing experience. Um, but we got to go win games now. You know, anything can happen yeah. if we get in the playoffs. Yeah, I, 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 that's interesting that you said that. I, I hadn't noticed, but um, I hope DTR is mature enough to understand that he's got a guy who was a Super Bowl MVP on his roster. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, maybe that's what's, what's been lacking from the Browns a little bit as far as quarterbacks are concerned is that level of kind of, um, you know, awareness. Where, like, yeah. if I were yeah. him, I would be, taking, yeah. I would be taking notes. And, and uh, mm. that could only make him better. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I understand the fire. I love the fire. If you get the fire in your belly, you're like, I, I want to be a starter as a rookie. Yeah, okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, also part of that is, you know, you, you are a rookie. Um, learn a little bit and, and watch what's happening and then take it all in because you, you never know when your number is going to be called. You know, right. like this year, That's my true. God. Well, I mean, you like it if it's you. You like the part of it that is belief in himself, but you right. you want to see the the part that is the good teammate too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of want to see it a mixture. Yeah, maturity, absolutely. Um, you're talking uh, talking playoffs and things like that. The Browns, I guess, have an 88 percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, I don't really like that number because um, you know. <laughs> Uh, give the Browns a high percentage of something happening and yeah, likelihood I, that things could go the other way. But let uh, me know when it's 100. the old Browns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me know when it's a hundred guys. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm with you guys. And, and we really have, we on, on this podcast, we have done very little looking ahead. We've taken it one game at a time, taken a mm-hmm. cue from, from the head coach, but yeah. um, you have to like, the way things look with with uh, some of the quarterbacks that are not going to be playing like all three starters in the last three games right you know of the season but um so so you have to like the browns chances of of making the playoffs in some format and really when you look at what this team's been through um mm-hmm. it, it's it's just it, it's just amazing that they could make this kind of a turnaround with all these injuries. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's simply amazing that this is not just another season that got written off, guys. It just right. does. Yep. Uh, yeah. 
it could have happened so easily. And it's just been a decision by the players and the coaches to not let that happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that starts with, with Kevin Stefanski and, you know, and it probably goes to, to the other, to the other, you know, the coordinators and, and the, uh, and then the leaders on the team and it's just trickled down to all the players and, yeah, and every, everybody deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. They're bought in. They're bought in. Yeah. You know, give credit to AB for building a roster that for once in a lifetime has depth, um, you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, the, the coaches, you know, Bill Callahan and the amazing job he's done. How many, we're looking at our fourth tackle, like right and left tackle. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yes. And, yeah. and the <laughs> yeah. job that he's done to coach everybody up, and I think yeah. the, the 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 camaraderie in the clubhouse of the players helping each other out, and the mentality that the coaching staff has instilled in the players, all of that really means a lot, you know. And also, here's the thing, guys: winning begets winning, you know. I mean, we yeah. haven't. Yeah. This, this is what I was always amazed by with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, mediocre teams that win every year. Uh, how is that possible? It's culture. And I think there's a culture now in the Browns that we haven't seen in a while where it's, I wouldn't say it's a refuse to lose, but it's pretty close. It's, it's almost yeah. a belief more than refuse to lose, like a belief that no matter what happens during the game, we're still in it. And if yeah. you have that mentality and you have all the other stuff that I just mentioned going on, you have a pretty good shot at, at, at winning. Um, I, I consider us pretty lucky in that we're, we're playing a Houston team that is really way more injured than we are, um, or slightly more injured than we are, and that's right. starting their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who's amazing. But also, yeah. I can see the last two games home games, and I say that jokingly because – we were playing New York at home. We were playing Cincinnati in Cincinnati. And I always considered that a home game. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though they're, they are different. I, I think at the very least, you'd think we'd take one of those games, right? I would think, what does New York have to play for? Nothing. Um, right. It's a, probably, probably be, a draft pick at this point. Yeah, yeah pretty brutal condition. <laughs> um, you know, maybe playing for pride. I don't know. But, but I, I wouldn't think that at home that's a game we lose. I, I don't. I mean, I, I can't see that. And I think if you look at our schedule and you look at everybody else in the AFC, ten and seven is probably a wild card team. Uh, again, I, I think you know, along with the Jaguars and and uh, maybe even Buffalo. Buffalo may 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 do that. They may finish out ten and seven. Um that we have a pretty good shot. Now, if we win in Houston, obviously we're pretty golden. I think that's, you know, we, we have a lot of tiebreakers. We, we, we have a lot of things going for us. We have a really good uh, conference record. We have a good um, division record. Not so much so for a lot of other teams that are in the hunt. But right. uh, so, right. you, like you said, Rod, one game at a time, but, but uh, I like our chances. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I mean, Jeff's been talking about all along playing the best ball right now. And, and somehow yeah. they're, they're kind of doing it, uh, you know, yeah, even with all the, the guys out. That's the key. Um, they're find they're they're finding a way and they're playing they're playing as a team, you know. Uh, right, complimentary football, I think. I think and there's still some things we can do to improve on that, Rod. But it, you know, it's, it's yeah, definitely yeah, definitely getting better. Yeah. What, what would happen if we played mistake-free football? Oh my gosh. <laughs> or or if we just didn't yeah. you know didn't give up quite as many points, uh, you know. Gifting yeah, we, them away, right? If we I, if we only yeah. if we only gave up one touchdown, you know, a, a, a game, <laughs> how much you know how much less stress would there be, right? Yeah, Jeff, yeah. Jeff you had said that we gave them at least we gave Chicago at least a touchdown. We gifted them fourteen points in my right. mind. I mean, fourteen. I, you know, yeah, yeah 14. Our, our defense. Our, yeah. You know, if you go back and look at the points given up by our defense, okay, it's next to nothing most games. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Three quarters of the points our defense have, have has given up this year have been on short field, you know, where, where our offense yeah. has done something to put them in a bad position. Because when they have a yeah. full field to work with, our, de- our defense generally shuts the other offense down. They mm-hmm. go three and out or, or close to it, right? But most yeah. of those points that we've given up as a defense have been because our offense puts them in a tough spot. And you, that happened again this week, you know, where we threw two early interceptions and, and dug ourselves a hole, you know? So you're right. If, if we could just cut that in half, not even necessarily eliminate it, but just get a little better at it. How about the games would be so much easier. Right. Yeah. So, so guys, I want to talk about Amari Cooper. I, I put this out on Twitter, even though my tweet was slightly erroneous. Um, I wanted to set the record straight here. <laughs> Um, Amari Cooper is sitting at uh, 985 receiving yards, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen anybody else talk about this. And somebody else probably has, but um, so he's 15 yards away from his second thousand-yard season with the Browns, and mm-hmm. he'll be the first guy to do that since Ozzie Newsome did okay. it back in. I don't have the years in front of me, but it's like 80 and 81 or somewhere yeah. around in there. Early 80s, yeah, yeah, um, early 80s. Um, yeah. So, 40 years and, ago. And, yeah. So he's going to be the first Brown receiver to have to have um, thousand yard, two thousand yard seasons. Period. And he's doing and the it only back other to guy. Back. To, the only other guy to do that. I'm teeing you up, Rod. Was was almost 40 years before Ozzy, right? <laughs> yeah, and he and he did it so long ago that he didn't show up on the first search I did because the <laughs> NFL doesn't recognize the AAFC. Right. So I I didn't mention Max Speedy, who is right. who is uh, an all time Brown great and in the NFL Hall of Fame, and I should have known that he right. had two one thousand yard seasons, uh, but I whiffed on that. So so my apologies to to the uh, to the family of Max Speedy. Um, <laughs> no a lot of people. Intended. No, not none at all. I mean, you know, I, I know who he is. I know I know he was a great receiver and a great player um, right. and a Hall of Famer. Um, I just didn't have the numbers in front of me when I was doing the tweet. But, right. you know, it, so it, it's it's just it, it's amazing. And, and we talked about it, I think, last year when Amari put together his season. And last season it was the, uh, I think, 
he had the ended up having the sixth best receiving total of all time in Brown's history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, th- this year he's on he's on pace for almost 1,200 yards. Yep. So that would be, I believe, the fourth best season in receiving yard yardage of all time. So if you put his two seasons together, you know, he would have the number four and the number six best seasons of all time. And nobody else has two, you know, two seasons like that until you drop down to Ozzy, who his numbers are like a thousand two and a thousand in that area. Okay. If you were going to say, well, it's 17 games. Well, okay, take 70 yards off, and Amari's still way up near the top, okay, yeah. for 16 games in, in the schedule that most of these guys did it on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, 16 to 17 is not that big a difference. You look at when he played for Dallas, and he had two years where he had one, 1189 and 1114, and that's when they were like, yeah, this guy's the bomb, and he had 79, and he had one year where he had 92 receptions for that for that amount so he could finish basically the same as he did with dallas in his two years last two years with us and yeah. even, even better like he could even better I, and i don't think he's going to do 92 receptions but i think he's he's he could be very close to 1200 yards this year and um you know his touchdowns he, a little bit lower than than normally you'd think with a guy who has any yards but um, yeah, he had, he had more touchdowns last season, I know, yeah, but yeah. Um, but still, yeah. Um, you have the stats up there, Dan. How old is Amari Cooper? I don't I don't know his age offhand. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay, and he's twenty nine. I mean, and he's he's looking at maybe having his best his best yardage season, you know, or right up there with his best. So that that's pretty impressive. Okay. The, the other thing I want to talk about is is Dustin Hopkins, and we've been updating this, but Dustin's had 121 points scored, and the Browns' record is is 126 points scored by Jim Brown in 1965. Wow. Um, Jim Brown did that in 14 games. Dustin Hopkins just played his 14th game. So Dustin finished five points short of Jim Brown in 14 games. Yeah, that's not that's too impressive. Bad. So, so if you want to put a damn asterisk by this, go ahead. Okay, but he's going to play three more games. He's going to break the record. He's probably going to score more than five points in in Houston um, right. and break this record. So, yeah. Um, so people are aware of it now. Um, anybody who wasn't, because if I think a few other people knew it was coming, so. Um, it was odd, guys. I, I put this out, and some people came back to me and said, well, he's played for two different teams this year. <laughs> Those points weren't all scored with the Browns. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? <laughs> and they're like, no, he scored 28 points with with uh, the Commanders or something. I'm like, what? What? I just There's didn't even chargers. reply. Well, or whoever he was. I don't even know if they said, yeah. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. Hopkins. I, yeah. I, had, I had two different people come back to me and say that they were not all scored with the Browns. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Preseason doesn't oh, count. I can tell you, looking at his no, no, I don't. I don't think that's correct. 
because he was with us when he, he kicked the field goal against Cincinnati in week one. Right. Yeah, yeah he was, been he was the last cut uh, for, for the yeah. Chargers. Um, you know, he, he, they was, had a he wasn't here in the preseason. Right. <laughs> right. They had a kicking competition out there in the preseason. Right. And we were going to take whichever guy lost that competition. We were going to pick up. Um, you know, that, yeah. That's why we we struggled through Cade York in the preseason. But um, right. and, and we've talked about this before, too, Rod. The reason they had that kicking competition out there was that, you know, Dustin Hopkins was not known for his length. Um, he was, you know, inside 50, right? Um, guess so what they never gave him year? a shot inside of 50. <laughs> guess what he's done this year from outside, outside of 50, 50, right? So, yeah. He hasn't um, missed. Right. So, oh, my gosh. Uh, outstanding move for us. Um, our kickers have been lights out this year. And, and one of the biggest differences between this year and last year um, that we just have had completely reliable uh, kicking game. Yeah, the uh, thing is, when you look at the top kickers in the NFL, the Dallas kicker, Brandon Aubrey, has 152 points, which is pretty good. The second, Dustin Hopkins. Yeah. He's he's better than yeah. Jason Tucker, which we know is Mr. Automatic with Baltimore. Um, yeah, not so much anymore. Dustin Hopkins has 144 points, and, Dustin, and Justin Tucker is 127. Yeah. So, yeah, you're looking at a guy who, I mean, and how many clutch kicks has he made in our season, which has been phenomenal. Um, I don't have any stats on the games that he won, but I, I know he's got at least two in there, right? That he yeah. drilled to, yeah. to win. So, at least, yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure. Over 50 plus, he's yeah. one, two, three, four, seven, for eight for eight. Eight for yeah. eight. Eight for eight. I believe yeah. he's eight for eight. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also yeah. a team if, record. That's crazy. Yeah. And if if he would have won the job with the Chargers, he probably probably would not have even been asked to make a kick over fifty. Right. No. <laughs> Chargers go for it on fourth down from everywhere on the field. <laughs> well, that's true. Could, well, and they have no faith in their kicker either. Apparently. We all know how easy it is to kick in Cleveland, right? Sure. Well, yeah, yeah right. It's a lot easier than it is out there in, uh, in you know, in California and Los Angeles. In, in a dome? Yeah. In I, a uh, dome in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would About beg. About the same as in Cleveland in yeah. the winter. I never had, obviously never had a direct line to a Cleveland kicker in the past, but I would, like, call Phil Dawson tomorrow. Ask him, <laughs> how you how do you do, how do you kick in Cleveland? And, you know, I don't know what our Dustin Hopkins secret is, but I don't want to know. Just do it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Got figured out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. So guys, Browns, uh, um, Browns go to, uh, to play the, uh, Houston Texans in Houston on Christmas Eve at one o'clock. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to try to watch this game live. It kind of depends. I'm, we're hosting Christmas at our house, right. you know, that day. Um, so, but I, I don't know when people are showing up. I think it's like, like four, but we'll, so we'll be getting ready and everything. So I'm going to do my best. I'm probably going to watch what I can and record and then watch it again later. Sure. So it'll probably be a little bit of both, but um, 
you know, I mean, Browns, we know, are 9-5. and five. Texans are 8-6. and six, So, a lot of playoff implications. Um, mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud not playing is, is huge. again, huge. It's just huge. I mean, um, I, I, anybody who watched watched Ohio State play with him knew, knew what he was and was just amazed that he wasn't the first pick taken in the draft. So, um, right. you know, that worked out pretty well for Houston. But, uh, but yeah, he's um, I th- even given that, I mean, I think he's played above expectations. <laughs> it's been pretty amazing. But yeah, um, yeah. It, what do you guys expect in this game? So, Jeff, what do you think? Well, a couple things concern me about this game, Rod. Um, number one, um, we, we play really bad on the road. Um, mm, our defense yeah. is, is lights out at home and we have struggled on the road, uh, particularly mm-hmm. going West this year. Um, the other thing is, is that, um, uh, Houston's got a couple of cornerbacks and Steven Nelson, and Derek Stingley Jr. Who have four interceptions on the year. And we tend to, you know, be pretty generous in that department. So, um, I think if, 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 if we're going to be successful in the playoffs eventually we need to learn how to win on the road and we need to learn how to take care of the damn football so those two things continue to be a concern to me um the texans have the 25th rated defense against the pass we're obviously not putting a lot of effort into running the ball um we're expecting joe flacco to get us there so um coming up against the 25th rated defense against the pass is probably a very good thing for us this week. Um, mm-hmm. and expect to see, you know, a lot of that. Um, so really what the, this game I think is going to come down to is, is, you know, can we effectively run a passing offense without turning the ball over more than we can overcome? And, that's probably going to mean that our defense is going to have to take the ball away too, <laughs> to keep it even. Um, so our, our, our cornerbacks are going to have to hang on to the ball when they get a chance. So, um, I expect yeah. a lot of that in this game. Yeah. The, and the corner, I mean, the Browns had, um, well, they have just, just the one pick against the bears Yeah, because they could, had a chance had three for, more. they yeah. could have at, at least three, right? At I mean, least, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, Not you know, a great I hate to be too hard on them, Fields. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They they could have had so many picks in that game, um, and they yeah. just couldn't. They just couldn't hang on to them. So right. Um, so yeah. So so Dan, this game is almost mm-hmm. in your backyard. I yeah. understand you you considered going, but um, I you know I, I can see Christmas Eve is a tough day to go to a football game. So <laughs> right. So yeah, what is. would you like? To, what would you like to add to? It's it's not an it's really not an easy trip from Austin to be honest with you. Um, Houston is you know obviously it's a you know a, one of the biggest cities in the country. It's it, it's not an easy drive to it. Um, I did go last mm. year, and if you remember last year, we remember the DPJ um, pump return touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was that was in Houston. We were there for that. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't particularly well. I thought we would probably you know, boat race them, but we didn't, um, we won 27, 14. They're a different team this year, obviously. And so are we, right. Uh, Part of me, you know, and I don't normally say this, but part of me thinks that 
there's a game. It's, if it isn't this one, it's going to be the Jets or it's going to be Cincinnati where we finally put it together, where we don't make the turnovers we're, we're used to seeing, where we play all three phases of the game correctly and we come out with a solid win. Um, Houston, they're in it. You know, they're they're eight and six. They they're looking for a playoff spot. Um, it's really interesting um, that CJ Stroud is not going to be playing. I thought for sure he was going to play, and if he did play, that would have been a difficult row for us because he is just an amazing rookie. However, they also have Tank Dell out. They also have one of their top receivers out, and I don't remember his name. They're they're really hurt. They've got a couple of offensive linemen that are out as well. Um, so, you know, Stroud's in concussion protocol. Tank Dell's out. One of their top receivers is out. Who are they going to throw against us? You know, Case Keenum's a serviceable, quarter, a serviceable quarterback, but our defense is pretty stout. Uh, our corners are great. We... we Here's the good news. It looks like we're going to get Denzel Ward back. He's shut down. How are they going to score? I, I just, I, I think even if we struggle on offense, which I don't expect, I, I can't see how Houston's going to manage the points to beat us. Um, you know, again, it's the NFL. Week to week, anything could happen. But I'm thinking... We're going to walk away from Houston with a victory. I, I would be shocked if we didn't. I'm thinking maybe something along the lines of, you know, 24 to 13-ish. Um, Dan, you're, you're going into the next segment. Just <laughs> <laughs> horse. Okay, I get it. I'm, uh, good right. segment. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm with you guys. I mean, um, I can see both sides of it because I know that um, what Jeff said is true. The the Browns haven't traveled well, especially yeah. West. Um, but the Texans are so beat up that you'd like to think that they can learn to do it in this game. Um, yeah, you know, so. Uh, so hopefully, you know, especially the way Flacco's been throwing the ball against against the Texans' defense, you know, like to think they can put some points up, and you know that'll be enough for maybe the Browns' uh, defense to to um, you know play a little better game than they've been playing on the road. I mean, I think some of these road games is it's probably been um, you know a struggle for the defense partially because of the offense not doing well you know mm -hmm. in some cases and the turnovers you know and and once that ball starts rolling and the defense is out there all the time then it's it, it's hard to it's hard to stop that snowball you know mm -hmm. and, and then you end up giving up to 28 points or 30 points or whatever so right, right. Um, yeah, so you, you like to think that go ahead go ahead Dan yeah I was gonna say it again I, I, I'm pretty sure your tank Dell's out Yes. Other receiver, Nico Collins, is banged up. I think he's questionable. So if yeah. he doesn't play, who's Case Keenum thrown to? He's thrown to guys named Noah Brown, Alex Backman, 
Johnny Johnson the third. You know, I mean, you've got a guy Robert Woods who's a veteran, eleven year veteran, mm-hmm. who to throw to. You know, oh. and and again, mm-hmm. even if he does, our cornerback room and our safety room, even depleted, is still pretty stout. Um, you know, you run Damian Pierce, I guess. You know, Singletary, you run the ball a lot. You take the ball away from our offense. I I, I don't know. I mean, Nico Ryan's or, or or was it Miko? I can't remember the coach's name. Um, he's done a really great job with Houston. You know, everybody's surprised by Houston's performance this year, right? Nobody expected them to be eight and six. So kudos to him. Uh, he's not a, a a guy who's gonna you know just throw things at the wall and hope they stick. He's going to have a plan, but again, I just don't, I don't know. I'm looking at their roster and who's available and I'm not thinking, gosh, if we could beat Chicago the way we beat Chicago, if we could, you know, beat the teams we've beat this year under the duress we've been under. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is going to be that big of a, big of a test for us, but again, you know, it is the NFL. Here's the thing about Case Keenum. I mean, last week he managed to beat the Titans. Um, he was 23 of 36 for 229 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Um, Joe Flacco threw almost as many yards in the fourth quarter last week as Case Keenum has thrown all season. Um, <laughs> but Case Keenum isn't going to hurt them. And for me, the great equalizer is, you know, are we going to take care of the football? As long as we take care of the football, I think we've got a great chance of, of winning this game. But I can only go based on history. And, you know, you, you mentioned, Dan, you know, you'd like to see us put together a complete game. That, that's happened three times this year and not since the Cardinals game. Um, the recent history is, is on the road, particularly out west, we play awful. We play some some of our worst football. We just try to escape with a win, if possible. Right, right. So um, this that for me that's the test this week. Okay, can we figure out how to play good football on the road out west against what could be a playoff team, even though they're hurt? Okay, um, mm-hmm. we need to figure out how to not beat ourselves this week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So uh, let's get those score predictions. And, Dan, I cut you short <laughs> earlier. Do you still have that score in mind that you were uh, starting to talk about? Or, or do you want to change it after some things you maybe no. heard, heard said afterward? <laughs> well, I, I get it. I, I think uh, the 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 on-the-road thing is a problem. I get that. You know, one of the things that I think um, might be a um, a factor in our favor is the guy we've been talking about earlier is Flacco. I mm-hmm. think I don't think he's going to be. Um, I don't think he's going to be pressured on the road as as we might have been if we were going with our one of our rookie quarterbacks. I think he's had plenty of experience doing that, and I and I, I would think that. Um, as the more he plays with us in the system and the re- receivers he has and tight ends, I think he's going to, I would hope, I would think that he would make less mistakes as far as interceptions are concerned. Um, yeah. To me, that makes sense. Um, I, I'm still sticking with like a 24-13 score. I think that's very possible. 
Uh, Case Keenum is a solid quarterback who probably won't make a lot of mistakes. But again, I'm looking at his weapons and I'm going, who are they against our corners, especially if Denzel plays? And and um, we can get guys like JOK fired up again and, and, and other guys in our defense. I, I don't know. I just don't see how unless there's some fluky thing that happens, how their offense is going to make a lot happen against us. I, I think our, again, our defense is, is uh, even though depleted, still pretty stout. And if Flacco can go in and manage, like you said, Jeff, manage the game and not make mistakes, I do see us winning um, probably by that score. Okay. And I forgot to give the line before you uh, before you gave your score, Dan. So uh, Browns are two and a half point favorites in this game, um, mm-hmm. thanks to the CJ Stroud. Uh, we'll news. call it an injury. Yeah, yeah. the news. Um, yeah, you know, and, I, guess, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Being you know road a road team against Houston, who was eight and six and who has had success, mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. could. That could be definitely a, a line, that, and you know, in Vegas knows, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Brown. Brown's getting some respect. I mean, shoot, uh, yeah, if, if a couple of weeks ago, I think the Browns would have been underdogs in this oh, game, even with Stroud out. Definitely. Yeah, if CJ Stroud were playing, and a couple of other receivers were healthy, it would be it would be probably Texans minus three. Yeah, yeah I think that's what. So. It, I think that's what it was before uh, yeah. Stroud was the jungled out. So okay. what do you have as an over as an over under? Um, over under is forty. Forty. We've been, yeah. we've been that high in a while. That's pretty high, but yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So so Dan is taking the Browns and the under. Yeah. So Jeff, what do you think? Well, this is going to shock some people because I'm going to take the over which I never do. Um, but I'm, I'm still not convinced that, that we can play good football on the road. Um, I think our, our own worst enemy right now is ourselves. And we talk about what does Houston have? I mean, um, Devin Singletary is healthy. Um, he's got 711 yards rushing this year. Nico Collins is probably going to play. And Nico Collins is just a slightly more developed version of Cedric Tillman um, with a thousand yards receiving this year already. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, I I picked, I put this score down on paper before I actually knew the CJ Stroud outcome, but I think I'm going to stick with it because I think the outcome is going to be based on what we do, not what they do. So Mm I'm, I'm as much as I hate it. And, um, I'm going to bet against the Browns this time. I'm going to say 23-20 Houston. I think we're going to lose this game on a pick six. Um, But you know what? I was almost exactly right last week. And for me to be right two weeks in a row would be like historically (laughs) impossible. So (laughs) I'll take the loss on this one if if I'm way off base. Gladly. Does a clock stop? twice in two weeks yeah we'll see <laughs> um yeah anyway um okay so with a with a with a over under at 40 and a two-point favorite 
Are they thinking it might be like a 23 to 20 score? I, I, um, that's wow. that's my thought. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking 23 yeah. 20. Um, you know, that's pretty that's much probably the Vegas line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Houston's been in an awful lot of close games. We've been in an awful lot of close games. The NFL is always coming down to you know a few points at the end. Whoever scores last. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm so, not going to predict a game like that, guys. Um, so with with uh, just uh, just because I'm interested. Now that we moved on, unless Rod, you have your your guest left. I've got a guest too. Okay, go would for you it. Like, would you guys like to hear it? Love it. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the over in this game. I'm gonna take the Browns in this game because because um, I usually take the Browns and I I just I I really think the Browns are gonna win this game too. Um, I, I think. The uh, I think the defense is going to play a little better. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be as pretty as what we saw from the defense against the Bears. Okay, so the defense is going to give up some points. The offense is going to to help out a little bit, but I think I think Flacco and the receivers are going to continue their work, and I think the Browns are going to win thirty to twenty in this right. game. Wow. So I think it's okay. it's going to be kind of a high scoring game, but I think the Browns I think the Browns offense is going to play pretty well in this game. Well, last last year it was twenty seven fourteen, so that's not too far off. Yep. No. No. Um, as okay. far as just your take on, because I'm interested to hear what you guys think, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. What do you think about that? You think that Browning is going to make it happen again, and they're going to wax Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's not doesn't have a and the Mason Rudolph is starting, so that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh has thrown in the the terrible towel. <laughs> I, think, I don't think I, you start Mason Rudolph if you want to win. If you expect to win, yeah, you don't start Mason Rudolph. Truthful, yeah. I, I yeah. think yeah. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is is now positioning themselves for a higher draft pick and. They, for once, have the drama that we're used to seeing late in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it is at Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati has, I think, their are 0-1 this year against them. So, who knows? We'll see what happens. I, I, I tend to agree with both of you. I think Cincinnati is going to win pretty big. But, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. And then we've got Baltimore at San Francisco. I think... Oh, uh, at San Fran. By the way, that's that's a great game. That's mm-hmm. gonna be really a great game to watch. Uh, yeah, I, is it in I, San Francisco? It is. Yes, that's on Monday night. Yeah. Monday night. Um, Christmas Eve. Christmas. I don't know. Could be yeah. a Super Bowl preview. Could be. Could be. Could be. I don't know. The way San Fran's playing, um, I mean, I don't want to slight Baltimore. I mean, they're they're a good team. Um, you know, they play hard. Their their defense can be dominant. Um, but I don't know. They they still come off as a little one dimensional on offense, um, a lot of times. You know, I again I know Lamar can throw the ball, but they are still a running team yeah. first and foremost. Um I just think if that San Fran defense 
plays well, I think they can beat a team like that. Yeah, so, um, so that's kind of what I would expect to happen. And and you know, Baltimore. Imagine Baltimore about Lamar. They're they're not even a playoff team, right? I don't think. No, no, not, not at all. Without Lamar, I, I in my estimation. So if they can neutralize Lamar. Um, they have a great chance of winning that game. And, it, it, you know, just me, I know it was only against Arizona, and Arizona's trash, but San Francisco looks so buttoned up. They just, they just, they, they couldn't do anything wrong. Um, and the guys are so wide open. It, it, you know, maybe Baltimore would be a better defense than we thought. And I've got them on my, they're my fantasy team's defense, so I'm in tune with how good they are. But San Francisco yeah. is such a good coach and such a good play caller. And uh, they have so many weapons. And they could do so many things on offense. Uh, and they have the defense to go with it. It's mm-hmm. going to be a tough road for Baltimore. If Baltimore does win that game, that's going to be frightening. Right. Yeah, but I, I tell you guys what. Um, I can't think of it. Who, who's, the, uh, who's the great linebacker for the 49ers guys? Bosa. Who? Bosa. No, linebacker. Oh. Joey Bosa? Um, No, 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 he's a... Anyways, um, I can't think of his name right now. He he said after the Browns' victory, more or Uh less, over them, that that it was a good thing. That that San Fran needed a game like that. And I I think he was right. Because when a team rolls through the season without getting their teeth kicked in at all they are in a position to where if somebody comes out and punches them in the mouth you know in the playoffs they're Uh not going to be ready for it okay um and that's exactly what the browns did to them so you know and correct me if i'm wrong i don't think they've lost since that game have they i don't know i I don't know i'm not sure but nick bose is a defensive end i think you might be talking about um, Randy Gregory, or Aaron, I think you're talking about Fred Warner. Yeah, Fred, Fred Warner. Warner. Yeah, yeah, Fred Warner said it. Yeah. Um, um, and he's very classy about it. I got a lot of respect for the guy. You know, he yeah. took the loss and said, "Hey, we needed a game like this. They beat us. You know, but it's going to help us in the long run." Right. He, he took actually, it like a man. Uh, he wasn't whining about the injuries or penalties or anything, and and they moved on and they've been playing great football ever since. Yeah, they actually lost three in a row. They lost to Cleveland. Then he also lost to, lost to Minnesota and Cincinnati. But since okay. then, last six games. So I'm way off on what I said. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> to your they point, Rod, they're, they're playing their best football when they're supposed to be. They yeah. lost yeah, Cincinnati absolutely. 17, which is crazy. Um, they got boat raced by them. Uh, that's when Burrow w- was playing, and he threw three touchdown passes. Right. But, yeah. but yeah. Uh, no, but, you know, I mean, that was a wake-up call for them as far as going against our defense because they did mm-hmm. not play the way they usually played. And I think the other way around, the, the way to say that is they were undefeated until they played us. Right, right. right? We, that's were, right, because cause we were saying how we broke them. Right. Yeah. Wait, there that was, was, we, we, that was one of the many too. Super Bowls that we won this year. They, Absolutely. They, Absolutely. The game before the game before the 49ers played us, they beat Dallas 42 to 10. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they were six and zero and cruising, or five and zero, or whatever. Yeah, and and cruising. Yeah. And then they they hit us and was like, you know, scratch on our record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Well, let's get some final thoughts, and we're gonna close things out here. So, um, been great talking some Browns and and a few detours here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, we appreciate you joining us tonight. It's it's great catching up with you. Yeah. Um, what what would you like to leave everybody with? I, you know, look, I, for anybody who's listening to the podcast, just be positive. L- let's enjoy this because this is definitely something we're not used to. Now, we, we had to play off win with Baker a couple of years ago. That was really fun. Uh, last year was a, a bit of a disappointment, as we all know. This year, uh, I think there's something special going on. And and uh, I really want us to enjoy the Browns that we have. I, I I love this time of year where we have the holidays and we're thinking playoffs and we all feel pretty good. We got a couple of games coming up that we can be excited about. And if we do make the playoffs, how interesting and exciting that is. So it's a good time to be a Browns fan. And that's the thing I want to give everybody. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, closing words. Yeah, I, I think this is the hardest game left on our schedule. Um, if we somehow figure out a way to win this game and, and show that we can win on the road, um, then that Bengals game probably doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. if, if we don't win this game, then that Bengals game really will matter. I think in, in the final standings and we, you know, we could be looking at, you know, not making the playoffs, um, if we lose to the Bengals somehow in that, that last game. So I would much rather see us take the easy path, earn the playoff spot early than backing in later. So um, prove me wrong, Browns, go out and play your best football on the road and beat a team that you should beat right now. Um, And let's keep this thing rolling. Sounds good to me, Jeff. This has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. (laughs) 